Hey guys, this is Laura with the content warning for this episode. Uh, we do discuss grooming behavior. Please take care of yourselves and enjoy the episode. Stupid men are the only ones worth knowing, after all. Hey look, it's, hey, a, look, butterfly. it's a butterfly. It's a butterfly. Welcome! Welcome to Reading Rainbow! Hello! Hello! I don't know how often we introduce ourselves, but just as a refresher, I'm Laura. That is Ellie slash Alora, so we're kind mm-hmm. of just the same. <laughs> but basically, it's just one host with one two ho. voices. One ho! One ho here. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Welcome to the podcast where we read books that you were supposed to read in high school or middle school or whatever school, and we kind of parse whether it was worth it and what we just think about it, you know? We just mm-hmm. talk shit about them, essentially. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, this month we read Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess we'll just go right into it. I feel like there's a lot to get to with this book, and I feel like we're both exactly. just raring to go. Really. You know why I am? Because like, yeah. Well, here's what I'll just yeah. Let's just we're gonna go straight into it. Um, I never read this in school or ever. Okay. But wow. I have seen so many different movie adaptations of it okay so that's, that's my background gotcha i so i did have to read this in high school but i read it on my mm. own before that because i was just a pretentious wow. little nerd and then i don't know what the timing of it all but i have seen you know like the the Kira knightley version i've seen mm-hmm. one or two and a half i don't know how many um bbc like adaptations um i read yep. pride and prejudice and zombies i watched the lizzie bennett diaries like a million mm. times um so like when i read it this time i was like Oh, I forgot how well I know this book. Like, I know every single scene. I know how this book goes. And I will say that because I was so excited about this that I saw there was a play production of Pride and Prejudice in this town um, last week. And so I bought a ticket. Then I went to the theater website and I saw, oh, it's youth theater. This should be interesting. But it wasn't youths that played it. It was a lot of adults. So uh, that was kind of confusing. But, you know, I went. So I saw it in person, too. Do you, do you think they did a good job? Community theater is uh is the lifeblood of this country. Um, all right. Anyway, enough said. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So. <laughs> Listen, I like I think that not all uh theater is good theater, and that's why a lot of people don't like theater because it's mostly all bad. Yeah. So we both. So you've never read it, and I've read it. Not to brag, but, like, I'm probably one of the top um, 1% of readers for Pride and Prejudice. Um, wow, really? You think so? Probably. I don't I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm basing this off of how Spotify it will tell you if you're in the top, like, 3% of your artists, listeners, or whatever. I'm at the top 1% of ITZY listeners. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And I bring it up every chance I get, which is really not that often. <laughs> Basically, I'm a fan of both ITZY and Jane Austen. Um, they're pretty much, I'm just the top listener of each one. Um, I listened to it this time also instead of reading it because I think once I started it and realized, you know, that I like know this book super well, I was like, oh, I don't really need to pay super close attention um, with my eyeballs. So I played Stardew Valley and read this. Yeah, no, you're just like, I'm not even reading this. I'm just reliving it. Basically, yeah, basically. That's how, well, that's how familiar you are with the text. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I also felt the same when I was listening to it, like, I have, since even though I've never 
read this. I can't say I was reliving the text, but like I've seen so many movies mm-hmm. that all the plot points I was like, oh, I forgot that this happened and this happened. Okay, well I know what I kind of know how this goes. I yes. at least know how the many different versions of the movies tell it. Yes, yeah, it was definitely a very different reading of it as well. But we'll get into it. First of all, we got to go through our author fact and our book fact. Um, yeah. Yeah, do you have your author fact? I do. So Jane Austen, uh, she... Here's what it says on Wikipedia. Her works were critiques of quote-unquote sentimental novels mm-hmm. and uh, are a part of the transition into literary realism. And I looked up what both of those are, and I guess sentimentalism as a... as like a genre and or yeah literary period uh relies on emotional response from both readers and characters Mm -hmm. and i was going to give you examples of like different sentimental novels as they're called but literally all of the ones that they listed i'd never heard of so i was like well (laughs) could have been that good then i guess whole period and i've never heard of any and they're like some of the most famous ones are yeah a bunch of names i'd never heard of but um on the other hand realism is representing subject matter truthfully um more to a point, it's not using supernaturalism as, oh. like, any part of the storytelling, which I guess you could say, I mean, like, yeah, there's no ghosts in Pride and Prejudice. I guess not, yeah. For sure, so. <laughs> but I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's my fact. for, And also, I will say, all of her works didn't really become successful until after she died. Yeah, that's true. So what about you? What's your book fact? Yeah, so she started writing this in about 1796, and it didn't get published until 1813. So that's actually a good amount of time between when it started and when she published it. And I don't know how that compares to her other books, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Also, people say that um, the book definitely play- takes place around 1796 because there, um, in the book there is mention of the soldiers being in town. And that's because mm-hmm. there weren't enough barracks for them. So they had to just live out in the country. Um, and that was, like, a, a very specific um, time stamp of the time. So that um, wow. it really, yeah, it specifically dates the book of taking place during those years. I thought that was pretty cool. I also just, okay, so when uh, I learned about this in school, I just, like, loved all the knowledge about it. So the Bennets are part of what's called the landed gentry. So that means that they are they are of the high social class. And mm-hmm. um, because they live off of the, like, income of their land that they own, so they're earning passive income, essentially. Um, oh, wow. Yes. They're making money in their sleep, which is what all b- millionaires tell us we have to do if we want to become millionaires. Yeah, exactly, right? So, like, the driving kind of factor of the novel, like, the rush for the daughters to get married um, so that they can have, like, income and stuff is so that, you know, they don't have to become part of the working class then. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah, right? Because um, they just want to keep continuing to earn passive income. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I just think it's kind of a funny perspective. Um, Wait, so how would them marrying off, like, how would that bring in new income and or save, like, how would that bring in passive income? So they, um, the, so the Bennett's, Father Bennett, his estate is entailed, which means that um, legally it can only be passed to a male heir, which is Mr. Collins in the book. Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. got it. So unless the daughters marry, like, that's their only way of having income in the future after he dies. (laughs) Is getting either marrying a cousin or marrying somebody else or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm glad that you know all this because I certainly I'm not I'm not getting any historical uh, takeaways from this. I'm mostly just like, how does this apply to me and my life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, I think you mentioned that with the sentimentalism and stuff and how it makes people feel things. 
I'm like, this is it's rom com. This is a, it's just a rom com. Yeah. And I know that like you know all rom coms have what the seven major like romantic plot lines. Like you can distill them all down to one or oh, seven even know plot that. lines. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'll like I'll read them. I'll watch them. Like they're fun. All right. Yeah. Also, it. people people all will talk about how yeah they're like oh rom coms are too formulaic. And I'm like, yeah. listen, dude, they all have their place. Sometimes yeah. I want to watch a movie where I know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. but it's just gonna happen in a different way. Yeah. I don't need freaking 2001 space odyssey every single time i sit i sit down for a movie i think that people just don't like rom-coms because they all hate women myself included yeah yeah. (laughs) i hate women we've covered a lot of background already but what do you remember from the actual plot of this book which is it's got 60 chapters in it basically okay so we open it up you have the Bennett family, you have the mom and the dad, and then you have Jane Bennett, who's the oldest, mm-hmm. uh, Eliza, or Elizabeth, or Liza, or Lizzie, or whatever her name is. Sure. And then you have uh, Mary, and then you have Lydia and Kitty? Yeah, Lydia's is the that youngest. In that, okay, Lydia's the youngest? Wow, no yeah. offense. Uh, little early sneak peek, I do not like Lydia, and again, it's because I hate women, but I think Lydia's a, mm. a hoe-bag slut. Oh my god. <laughs> Who does not care for her family. Um... But, um, and so they live in this town, and then something happens, I'm sure. But then a new man comes into town, and his name is Mr. Bingley. And (laughs) they go to, like, a party or something, and Mr. Bingley is dancing with... And he's, like, rich or something like that. And he also has sisters, and he brought his friend Mr. Darcy with him. So the Bennets go to the party that is hosted by Bingley, and he dances with a couple women, but everyone's Mm -hmm. like, he has eyes for no one but jane bennett yeah insta love uh, insta love and that's their meet cute and he dances like one dance with her and then like two dances with charlotte whatever their neighbor who apparently lucas Mm -hmm. charlotte lucas and the mom like also it's just a bunch of gossip it's like yeah because they're small they live in a small town like they're bumpkins basically Uh, compared to um, the bingley and their friends yeah yeah and the mom is just like it's it's a terrible shame because Charlotte Lucas is just so ugly and boring, but <laughs> Jane is the best. And so, yeah. So then, like, later, the Bingleys are in town for a while, and they're courting each other, like, and he's courting Jane, and then Jane walks over mm-hmm. to their estate, and she was going to take a carriage, but they didn't have one, so she took a horse or something, but it was raining, and then she got sick there. Which was her mom's design. Like, her mom did not give her the carriage. So she would get sick. She did it on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, so she would get sick, and so then she's, like, sick at the Bingley residence and forced to spend time with them, and then Lizzie goes to visit her on foot, Mm because Lizzie's just built different and is like she's not like other girls. (laughs) Yeah, she's not. She is the, like, very first pick-me girl. Yeah. So it's like, it is a pick me girl that you want. Yeah. Kind of a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, maybe that's just me hating women. Um, oh, and also at the Bingley party, like, people also are talking about Mr. Darcy, who I guess is even richer than... He's mega rich. So, he's yeah, like, Bingley yeah. is rich and Darcy is mega rich. <laughs> and everyone is, like, of course, like, intrigued by Darcy because he's so rich. But he, his countenance is not as He's friendly. a turd. Yeah, and he, like doesn't make small talk and is kind of in general shitty to people yeah um anyway so lizzie goes to visit jane at the bingley's and she figures out that like jane is actually pretty sick and like 
actually needs medical, medical attention, attention <laughs> yeah. doctors. So she stays also at the Bingleys to care for her sister and interact with Darcy a little bit. And she's like, every time I look over, I think he's looking at me, but mm, I'm not sure. And <laughs> she meets Bingley's sisters. And the book mentions that the Bingley sisters are like not also don't really like Lizzie because she's like, oh, she's just on like other girls and she doesn't mm -hmm. like do the things that women should and everything. I don't know, something like that. But that must intrigue Darcy because he's like always looking at her. Mm -hmm. And then something happens. I guess she gets better and then Lizzie goes home and then sure. she meets Mr. Collins. And Mr. Collins is yep. her cousin. Yep. And he's kind of crusty. And something, something, something happens. It mm -hmm. gets a little fuzzy. Mr. And but Mr. Collins, as uh, we mentioned earlier, is the one who is set to inherit their house and estate and everything. Unless one of them marries someone else. Well, he, he'll inherit it either way. Oh, no matter what. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he, like, yeah, he'll so inherit he's... it either way. He's the only male heir in line. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Must be nice to have a penis. I know, right? Couldn't be me. Mm -hmm. Um, And some stuff happens mm -hmm. and at one point Mr. Collins is like takes an interest in Lizzie as well because yeah. she's just so different. After skipping over Jane because the mom was like no oh, Jane's yeah. spoken for Jane's spoken he was for, like yeah. oh okay well Lizzie's just as good. <laughs> uh, and then he asks Lizzie for her hand in marriage and she's like oh no thank you and he's like oh I know this game I'm well versed in the in courtships and I know that the first time you deny me it's only to be polite and I must try try again and then Lizzie's like no I don't mean that please take me for what I said and I said no and then he's like cat and mouse <laughs> Silly little girl. Ooh, charmed, I'm sure. And then he, like, continues, and then she's like, what the heck, why won't this man listen to me? Yeah. Right? But first, so Collins goes away, and everybody kind of thinks, oh, maybe he'll try out for Mary next. And Mary, who is, she's a bookworm, and she's very pretentious and loves being, yeah. like, super book smart and playing the piano, but nobody likes her playing the piano. Um, so mm. Mary's like, oh, well, I kind of like to marry Mr. Collins. But instead, what happens is that he spends a little bit of time with Charlotte Lucas, the neighbor, oh, and Lizzie's right. best friend, yeah. and proposes to her instead. <laughs> so everybody's pissed. Um, Lizzie's like, Charlotte, I can't believe you compromise your morals. And Charlotte's like, I don't have morals. I just want to be married and be comfortable, and I'm not like you, and you shouldn't shame me for what I want to do just because mm -hmm. it's different than yours. Um, and that's that. And Honestly, that's Charlotte's the real, listen, like, Girl boss. Listen, um, and Mrs. Bennett, the mom, she's just like, she's so pissed because she's like, our neighbors are like, gonna have our Greedy. house. Every yeah. time they visit us, they like are looking at our furniture and they're like, it's gonna be ours. Because furniture's a really big deal back then. Because like, mm -hmm. the state includes like, their st all their stuff, like everything. Every um, single asset. I guess so. Um, so that happens and then Charlotte goes away. Charlotte this whole time is like, well, Lizzie, I hope you can forgive me and I hope you visit me and everything. And Lizzie at this time is kind of like, no, we're not friends anymore. See ya. Because she's like, Lizzie's not portrayed on the sense of like, she's not portrayed that she took her man because like that wasn't happening. Um, she's more just like, Charlotte is not who I thought she was. <laughs> I think it's more like, Charlotte, are you, like, do you really have such low standards that you're going to take my crusty cousin, yeah. Mr. Collins? Yeah. Who I remember in the, like, I don't really remember exactly how he's described in the book, but in the movies, every single adaptation, like, Mr. Collins is super nasty. Yeah. He looks 
not dashing, he acts <laughs> not dashing. And he's just kind of gross and or socially awkward. Yeah. And so, His hair, not hot. Bigotry, yeah. not hot. Sexism, mm, 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 not hot. Not hot. Taking no for as a yes, not hot. Um, <laughs> and so then all of a sudden, Mr. Bingley leaves town with mm-hmm. Mr. Darcy. And Jane's like, I thought we were in love. But he's like, oh, I had... Imp- important business to attend to and I'm probably not going to be back for a while so then Jane is like really distraught and the whole town is also like also very confused because they're like Mm -hmm. I thought that they were going to be summer lovebirds for sure yeah and also Um, just moving in they just thought they were because he bought a house there like they were they're like oh they're gonna live here (laughs) yeah and then I think at some point Mr. Wickham shows up yeah and then you have Lydia and Kitty or Kitty and Lydia and they're always chasing after soldiers and Mm -hmm. like yeah, because also um, their age yeah. ranges. So Jane, the oldest, is about twenty three, and Lydia, the youngest, is she's fifteen and then sixteen later on in the book. Um, so like they're all really young. Yeah, and then Mr. Wickham shows up, and yeah, he's a soldier. Um, so you know that Kitty and Lydia are really interested in what he's doing, and Mr. Wickham takes a liking to Lizzie because again, she is the pick me girl. She's not like other people. There's town gossip that Mr. Wickham is a friend of Darcy's Mm -hmm. or, like, is somehow swimming in the same circles as him. But when she asks Mr. Wickham, he's like, oh, we know each other, but we have... He alludes to a very, like, dark secret Mm -hmm. or a secret past that they share, but she doesn't know anything beyond that. And then she briefly corresponds with her aunt, who Mm -hmm. is in the same town as Mr. Bingley, Right? London, in, yeah. In London, and mm-hmm. she's like, what is he up to? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, he's living his life. And I guess London is also where Mr. Collins lives with his new wife, Charlotte. She corresponds with them, and she decides to go out to visit them. Mm-hmm. Does that happen? Yeah, so they live at Rosings Park. They live um, under the patronage of Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who is the aunt of Darcy and is also mega rich. So she's on that same tier. And Mr. Mm. Collins lives and breathes by what this woman says. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Because he, I think, is said to be a clergyman um, at the Parsonage at Rosings Park. And um, so when Lizzie goes so many, to visit... So much politics. I know. Um, when Lizzie, Lizzie goes to visit Charlotte, Lizzie came out with um, Charlotte's father and sister and has a good time with Charlotte. But when she, they go to visit, like, Lady Catherine de Bourgh, she's a nasty woman, too, because she just has a, everything... She has something to say about every little thing. She can't stand not being involved. She loves to, like, help people out, quote, quote, and then, like, take credit for it. Um, she's very judgmental of, like, every decision that Lizzie's ever made because she says, like, oh, are one or two of you out in society? And she says, oh, we're all out. And Lady Catherine de Bourgh can't believe that, which is, like, being out in society means that, um, you know, they've entered adult society and they're marriageable. Eligible for, basically. yeah, eligible for marriage. Essentially, yeah, which uh, she just can't believe that. But chance would have it that Darcy also visits. Yeah. Um, <gasps> Mm-hmm. And he's there, and so he's just, he's sending her mixed signals, because like, when they're in the same room, it's just always awkward. When they're together, it's awkward. He'll come and, like, visit the house that she's in with um, Charlotte and Mr. Collins, and, like, he'll be awkward there. They're just, yeah. like, sitting in silence. But, but like, she can tell he's paying special attention to her. Yes. It's like, because he's just like, oh, well, normally in any other situation, he, like, doesn't like, uh, you know, stay in a room very mm-hmm. long or anything. But in this one, he's just, like, standing there in the room yeah. just to be near <laughs> her. saying like, anything. Bro. Yeah, so, um, but this is a very, very um, momentous occasion because 
Um, so he, along with him comes his cousin, uh, Colonel Fitzwilliam. And she also gets along with Colonel Fitzwilliam. She just gets along with all these dudes. Um, and from Colonel Fitzwilliam, she learns that, oh, because um, she's like, Darcy sucks. And he's like, well, actually, he really cares about his friends because he had this one friend and he broke up his, like, little flirtation with someone because he said the woman was really objectionable. And she knows, she knows this means that Darcy broke up Bingley mm-hmm. and Jane. Uh, so she's pissed. And then he, like, comes to the house and he just tells her he loves her. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, and I guess my better judgment, even knowing you have, like, an awful family and that, like, you have yeah. nobody and you're so awful. Like, I love you. And will you marry me? And she's like, no. <laughs> um, and it's so funny because he's like, what are you talking about? And she's just like, um, I, you suck and I hate you. And she's like, I know you broke up Bingley and Jane. Um, and it's like, you, I know you ruined, um, Mr. Wickham's life. And he's just like, what are you, what? what? He's, so he's being bombarded with all this stuff. And she says, no, like, I will never marry you. Yeah. And like what she learns later, I forget how, but she learns that like from Wickham's side of the story, it was like, he was set to it. Like he and Darcy have been lifelong friends or have known each other for a really mm-hmm. long time and then like Wickham was I guess a student or something of Darcy's father and then when Darcy's father died he was originally supposed to Wickham was supposed to inherit like a bunch of money or estate or assets or something like that and then um, but by Darcy's hand he, like he did Wickham got nothing and so then he was like I guess forced to join the army or something and so that's what Lizzie knows mm-hmm. about what went down with Wickham and Darcy. Yeah, and so, like, much. when Darcy is like, I love you, or something like that, she is very mad, one, because of the, like, whole thing that she's like, you split my sister up because you didn't think my family was, because uh, you thought my family was a, was country bumpkin, which they kind of are, but, you know, what yeah. you can do. And then she's also like, I know what you did to Wickham, and I think you're a horrible man. Yeah. So then he leaves, um, and then they kind of, like, she's like, you know, sits with that for a bit. And then the next mm-hmm. day when they meet, he has a letter for her, and he says, like, hey, I need... He's like, I don't express myself well in work. Like, speaking, I needed to write this all down. So, yeah. like, here you go. He's like, I don't trust myself. Yeah. Something, something. Yeah. So, through this letter, she learns um, a lot of things. One, that, like, he's like, yeah, I did break up Bingley and Jane. You know, like, I didn't think that her feelings were that genuine. Um, also, I don't like your mom. Yeah. Also, yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> but he also, he explains more about Wickham in the sense that, so, like, he's like, yes. So, um, from his side of the story, his father did intend when he died to like you know live Wickham um some sort of living because he knew his father well and so that was originally going to be the parsonage in their estate which is um being a clergyman because like um being a clergyman from what I can gather from the Austin works is you know a solid living but like not that desirable because all the clergymen in her books like are really suck um yeah but um uh Wickham was like well I don't really want to do that can I actually go to like law school instead and so he asks for money and Darcy gives him that and then he's like well actually I don't want to be a lawyer can I go back to like being um the clergyman and they were like well it's already been given away um and he just keeps asking for money and eventually Darcy just says like no flat out but then Wickham tries to elope with Darcy's younger sister Georgiana who is like really really young um grooming behavior and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and Darcy like tracks him down and like separates that but like that is that's like a, the biggest affront that Darcy has to deal with so like that is not something that Lizzie knew um so then upon having this letter and she only shares it really with Jane she has a lot to consider because she's like well who's telling the truth like you know I don't really have a way to know she said but it is an issue that 
I didn't know Wickham that well, but I took his word for truth right away. Um, she said, like, she didn't question whether he was telling the truth or not. And she saw, she, like, in hindsight, saw a lot of things that, like, were um, red flags. Because, you know, when Wickham originally told her about, like, all that Darcy had done to him, he told her, like, oh, but we want to keep this hush-hush. Like, I don't want the town to know about this. And she's like... Um, that's kind of weird because why would he have the reason to hide the truth? And also not just through this letter, but like through other things, um, Lizzie's kind of learned like, oh, well, Darcy, like, um, he was super rude to me. He calls her like butt ugly, um, like <gasps> three feet away. Like in this, in the scene where they meet, there's like, um, Bingsley's like, why aren't you da- like dancing, Darcy? There's tons of like beautiful women. And Darcy's like, where? And <laughs> Bingley's like, what about Lizzie oh Bennet right behind us as he's like three feet away? And Darcy's like, Oh, she's kind of ugly. I'm not going to lie. Ah! <laughs> wow. Um, but he explains it later is how he was just really, really nervous about pe- around people he didn't know that well. And I'm like, yeah, you don't have to like call people ugly. You that reminds just... me of like that. There's like a scene in Hot Rod and it's yeah. like, you look really pretty, Denise. And she turns out, she says, what? He's like, I said, you look shitty. <laughs> Um, I'm like, I don't totally see that, but like, fair enough, Darcy. And, um, how he's, he's just, we learned he's just is awkward and she saw his actions as super proud and like, like rude and everything. And it turns out just, it's kind of a case of a tragedy of errors a little bit. It's that classic, you know, oh, if a boy likes you, he's gonna fucking beat you up and (laughs) be mean to you and bully you. And you're like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So now the truth is kind of out. Um, and things just kind of continue to happen for Lizzie because, um, yeah, so by this time, because um, like this is all kind of happening, overlapping and everything. Jane has spent some time in London with the gardeners, which is that aunt and um, uncle. And uh, she kind of kind of went like one to, you know, they tried to like, you know, change the pace because she was just so heartbroken. Um, but also she kind of wanted to run into Bingley. Uh, but he's in London. Yes. But Miss Ms. Bingley. Um, who, Caroline Bingley, which was kind of like the main sister of Bingley's that we get to know. So Jane's like kind of seen, oh, okay, so Caroline isn't really my friend. And yes. Caroline is a, is a a fair weather friend, as they call them. Exactly, yes. Um, I love that phrase. But um, so then, and so Jane and, uh, Jane and Lizzie are now kind of talking about this new information and li- like Elizabeth's kind of wondering whether to share it with people. Because um, she's like, well, he didn't... S- say really that I can't share it but she said like I think for like you know she thinks I'll keep it to myself you know I don't want to spread any more rumors which like um because she kind of was um she'd been speaking very highly of Wiccan before she said I don't want to cause any more damage you know by like spreading stuff that again is really not verified um and she just she didn't see any danger in Wiccan we'll come back to that um Meanwhile, Lydia and Kitty, they've continued to just flirt with the soldiers, like, nonstop. Um, And Lydia, in particular, the youngest, made friends with one of the colonel's wives. Colonel? I don't know. Um, And so she gets invited to Brighton to go with them. And Brighton's, like, I don't know, this really hopping place, I guess. Um, And uh, Kitty does not. So (laughs) that's, like, an outrage in the house. And Mrs. Bennett also, she wants the whole family to go. And Mr. Bennett's, like, with what money? Um... What are you talking about? So, um... Yeah, I will say the relationship between the husband, like, of Mr. and Mrs. Bennett... Yeah. It's honest, bro. Like, the, mm-hmm. my husband will sometimes be like, woman... Yes. <laughs> you are crazy. I'm leaving. <laughs> and then... 
I mean, like, is it the most healthiest relationship? No. no. But it is, like, that comical, like, yeah. sitcom father is mm-hmm. just there, like, dealing with it. And then the mom gets really hysterical. And then the father's like, this is a lot. I have to go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Mr. B- Mr. Bennett, I don't feel like he's not that great of a dad because he very early on is like, Lizzie's my favorite. Um, and the other ones could, are all, like, idiots and, like, just thinks that all women are awful and all these things. There's a, there's a funny moment, though, where um, Mrs. Bennett's really upset about, like, you know, after... I think it's when Mr. Collins has married Charlotte Lucas. And Mr. Bennett's like, well, don't despair. Maybe I'll still outlive him. <laughs> You're like, maybe he'll die. Maybe he'll die maybe first. Maybe something will happen to him. I don't, know. I don't know. And it's like, what problems would that solve? But, um, but no matter. So, um... Lydia's going to Brighton. Lizzie does try to stop it because she's like, listen, Lydia's not that smart and I don't think we should send her away um, off where we cannot watch over her and take care of her. And the dad is like, well, we gotta get it. She's gotta get out of her system. She'll be mad if she never goes. Like, you know. Listen, it's her rum springer. She can go. She's just gotta go. And so that's that. So Lydia's been sent away. Um, Then Lizzie is invited to go on vacation with the gardeners. So the, the aunt and uncle from London. Um, to go to the lake district. And that sounds so fun because it's like the mm. lakes. And I'm like, I've seen lakes, right? But they make it sound so nice. Um, but so then they, when it comes up to that trip, they're like, well, actually, we can't go to the lakes. I forget for money or time or something. Um, they're like, we can only go as far as like this area, which is where Pemberley is. And that is Darcy's estate. Um, and so mm. they don't know all this stuff about Darcy, but they're like, let's go to Pemberley. Because like touring other people's rich people's houses is like something they... You can just do, I guess. Um, wow, must so, be nice. Right? So Lizzie goes, and a lot of things make an impression on her. First of all, the grounds and stuff are beautiful. She's like, they're not, like, uh, tacky or anything. They're awesome. Um, the servants there, like, love Mr. Darcy. They're like, he is so nice, and he, like, really cares for us as people and humans. Like, he treats us as, like, a real person. And she's like, ah, oh, that's not what I thought about him. Um, mm-hmm. But then... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> Darcy shows up. Because they did not think he was going to be there. They were, like, assured he was, like, Yeah, everyone was saying, he's gone, he's busy. Yes. No, but then he shows up. And um, so then, like, this is where the fun starts. Because, like, Darcy's there. He's treating Lizzie super well. And the aunt and uncle, like, notice that. Because they know that she hates him. But they see that, like, they're, like, he's in love with her. And, like, this is crazy. And um, Darcy invites them to dinner and tea and whatever. And so he's like, I really want to introduce you to my sister. And that's like a big deal. Um, and nothing really happens because Georgiana is like young and very shy. Um, which, so that's another difference. So Wickham said, oh, well, Georgiana is like so proud and like snooty and stuff. Um, but then like Lizzie meets her and she's like, obviously she's not like that. And she's just shy and doesn't, is like, kind of uncertain of herself um the bingley's are there so mr bingley and caroline bingley um it's like caroline bingley is just so jealous of lizzie because like she wants to marry darcy um she wants her brother mr bingley to marry georgiana um and like none of that's happening right so um oh and lady Catherine de berg wants darcy to marry her daughter Anne de berg so like this is all it's a lot um but so that's that's a fun time um (laughs) there's an exchange between Lizzie and Mr. Bingley because she's like trying to find out like, uh, maybe he's still into Jane or not. Um, and he just says, Oh, it's been a long time since we've seen you. Or she says, and he's like, yes, it's been like, like six months and three days and four hours since we last calculated it. Yeah. "Mm." It's like, whoa, okay. Um, so she's like, yeah, he definitely still likes her. Um, 
And then they're having like a fun. T- so she's like, yeah, maybe something's happening. She and Darcy are in this weird time. But then she gets a letter from Jane saying that um, this disaster has struck because Lydia has now run away with Mr. Wickham uh, in Brighton to get married. So she's freaking out. Um, she and her uncle, aunt and uncle have to go home. But before she leaves, she runs into Darcy. And because she's so frazzled, like she tells him what's happening um, and they have to go. So then they go home. And so then the uncle and the dad are out in Brighton trying to find Lydia because they don't want her reputation to be ruined. Because if he doesn't marry her, like, no one's going to marry her after that. Like, um, and, like, all this stuff. But then it all works out because her dad comes home. Um, the uncle sends word that, oh, we found him. Um, they're going to get married. Like, Lydia just doesn't want to be left out entirely of the family. Um, and it's all okay. Well, okay, so... Isn't it like the uncle or whatever finds him and says like, okay, well, we were right. Like Wickham originally really had no intention of marrying her, but we've like promised him a dowry or some sort of a very small dowry, (laughs) a very small, meager dowry. But like, we will give you certain benefits, Yes, you know, like incentives to marry them. And then the dad is just like, like the uncle did that on his on the dad's behalf because he was like, I'm sure this is what you want. Mm -hmm. And then the dad's like, you know what? At this point, I don't care. Like. We, like we we're fortunate great. for any of terms that result in the marriage. Yeah, any terms and everything. So, but it is like, it is proven that Wickham is what they were dubious things, and like Wickham really had no yeah. intention of actually marrying Lydia. And Lydia was, there was being groomed and like <laughs> did think that that was going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, oh. So between oh, one other thing, so like the uncle finds Lydia and Wickham and like alerts the family, like we found him, and you know, yeah, we found out that like. There's no intention of marrying, but we will try and talk him into doing it. And then the mom, like, her response is like, oh, tell Lydia to accept and tell her not to pick out any clothes yet because she can't be trusted because she doesn't have a good style, but I know everything. But tell her this and this and this. These are very important things. And uh-huh. the dad's like, woman, <laughs> not important right now. Exactly. So, that was it. Um, so, yeah, that happens. They get word of that. Everybody's really relieved. But, like, between Jane and Lizzie and their dad, they have this conversation where the dad's like, we're in real big debt to your uncle. And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, there's no way that Wickham would have accepted this marriage on these terms. Like, he paid him off. Um, he bribed him. And they're like, oh, awkward. Um, so then Lydia comes home. And originally the dad is like, Lydia's never going to set foot in this house ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody, made her, particularly the mom, makes such a big fuss that, like, they do visit, um, and Lydia, she's a very, I will say, a very insufferable about being married and stuff, and yeah. is like, I get to take your place at the dinner table, Jane, ha ha, um, and I'm like, Lydia, please, you're being rude, um, or like, Lydia, please recognize that you just, like, eloped with a man who had no intention of marrying you, yeah. and you were fucking conned, please, but because, like, I just yeah, feel so bad, I'm like, mm-hmm. I've got thoughts, yeah. um, but then she, she accidentally slipped, that like, well, She's like, I was so worried that, like, you know, my uncle was running behind and no one would be able to stand up for me at the wedding. But, you know, if he hadn't been there, then Darcy would have been able to do it. And they're like, Darcy? Uh, so she lets mm. that Darcy was at the wedding. So Lizzie's like, why would that man be in this situation? Um, and then all of a sudden, the Bingleys have come back to whatever this place is called. I forgot. Hertfordshire? I don't know. Um, so the Bingleys are back and so is Mr. Darcy. So then, like... Bingley and Jane rekindle their thing, um, and then mm-hmm. they get engaged, and then um, Lizzie and Darcy, they're exchanging looks, but, like, they don't know what to do, because they don't know where they stand. Um, and, like, Lizzie has, at this point, 
does now fancy Mr. Darcy, yes. but she's just like, it's been, what, a year or something like that? Yeah. Like, and I just don't know if he feels the same way because when she first, when he first expressed affection for her, she, like, really shut that shit down. Yes. And now she's like, and now I know so much, and also... Yeah, and she's like, and we know been... where... She said Darcy's definitely the one who, like, paid off Wickham. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, so she's like, we're into de- in debt for that, so, so she's like, I can't make a move or anything that the... I don't know if a woman could. Um... Because, like, But she you know, just, like, really doesn't know where she stands. Yeah, she's like, him. I have no hope of him proposing again. Um, but then Lady Catherine de Bourgh um, shows up mm. at their house, and she's so crusty. Um, she shows up, and Lizzie's like, hello. And her mom's like, hello. And Lady Catherine de Bourgh is like, is that woman over there your mother? <laughs> Ooh, it's, like, so awkward. Um, and then she gets Lizzie alone, and she's like, okay, I heard a rumor that you were engaged to Darcy. And... Lizzie's like, Haha, lol. <laughs> she like never says yes or no. Yeah, she, or she's the... a while because um, she dodges yeah. Catherine de Bourgh's yeah. like questions because she's like, is that true? And Lizzie's like, well, you think it's so preposterous and that can't be true. And she's like, well, she keeps asking yeah. her and she's like, well, you've like come all the way say out here. So like, what do you really want? Um, and uh, like. After insulting her a bit more, um, yep. Lizzie eventually says, no, we're not. And she's like, okay, great. Well, promise me that you'll never get engaged to him. And Lizzie's mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> I will make no such promise. Absolutely not. Um, and Lady Catherine de Bourgh is like, Mr. Darcy has been intended for my daughter Anne de Bourgh since they were infants. And it's like, that's gross. Um, and she's like, oh. how could you like presume to get into the way with that? And like, she's like, I know everything about your sister. I know everything about this. So like, don't get it in your mind. And Lizzie's like... Thanks, lady. Goodbye. This is, this is over. <laughs> like, this conversation's over. I have nothing to say to you. Um, and she leaves. <laughs> but she leaves. And I think, like, Lady Catherine says something like, just so you know, I did not enjoy my stay here or something like that before yeah. she leaves. And you're like, okay. Um, and then Darcy, like, that is what gets him to come to her and be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. But, like. Um, I heard my aunt was here. <laughs> I heard my aunt was here. That's, a, like, that's some wild shit right there. Um, and then they, like, they rekindle their romance. They reaffirm their feelings for each other. And. Over a he couple of walks, they get it, finally get fucking engaged. Um, yeah, and uh, Jane and what's his face are also engaged. Yes. Mr. Bingley. Yes, they're and so engaged. Now, it was originally, you know, it started out with uh, zero engagements and one elopement, and now it's one marriage and two engagements. Yes, so they've really come a long way. Yeah, yeah, and there's a whole explanation of how it goes after that, because like, um, yeah, the, so Jane and Elizabeth, you know, they get married and they live super close to each other, so that's really nice for them. Lydia and her and Wickham, they got sent really far away, which is really sad for Mrs. Bennet, but like that's their punishment, I guess, is like just being sent far yeah. away from everybody else. Um, and they like it mentions how um, you know Wickham like kind of drops the act pretty quickly. Lydia is still enamored with him for a bit, but also then like realizes, oh no, this is not a good situation, and they always oh, kind of no. s- struggle with money. But Mary and Kitty fare better because now they're under, like, good influences. And, like, yeah, um, they, you the know. father mentions, like, oh, because uh, I guess Kitty would follow, like, Lydia's lead. And yes. Just chasing soldiers and all and everything. Yeah. And then I guess when Lydia got married and, like, was kind of sort of not welcome in the house, mm-hmm. then Kitty just, like, grew her own personality yeah she matured and like you know acted more like what they thought she should act and stuff like that yeah. um just improved overall and everything um 
I think Charlotte Lucas said that Lady Catherine de Bourgh was like so pissed about the marriage, the engagement that like she's like we're coming back home for a little bit just until that blows over because we can't, I can't deal with that. Um, and um, I think that's it. I think yeah, Caroline. It mentions how Caroline Bingley was like, you know, pretty embarrassed, but like was civil from then on out. And I'm like, I fucking hope she was. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they it. all lived happily ever after. Yes. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah, okay. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. Can we just, can I just go into them? Yeah, just jump into them. Yeah. So That was a long, there was a lot of ground to cover and we did it. We did it. You know what? We did it. Um. So, yeah, I love the story and I loved it back then. I loved it now. The enemies to lovers, the whole character development. I think mm-hmm. that even, okay, so even if all the characters aren't like fully fleshed out as people, like human beings, that they still all are funny and entertaining at least. Like they're not like necessarily one note, I would say. Um but I will say the biggest perspective I like change I've had is the view of Wickham and Lydia um, and how like, uh, you know, like back in high school, like I wouldn't have recognized it as grooming. But now I'm like, no, Wickham is a groomer. He did it not once, but twice to like two people Lizzie knew. Um, mm-hmm. That's really concerning because Lydia is so young. Um, and I think that, you know, like she gets so much hate and like obviously she's very unlikable in the story and very unlikable to her sisters. But like you know, her parents were not properly, like, really looking out for her. Like, Lizzie, yeah. she, there's a lot where Lizzie feels bad about um, not warning everybody about Wickham. And, like, you know, she, in one sense, like, you can't put the blame of his actions on her. Um, yeah. But, like, I think in that, like, in today's standards, like, you would absolutely want to warn people that someone like that is in your social circles. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, like, anybody withholding information, um, like, again, like, you cannot place their blame on that person. I'm just saying that it's, I can see it a little differently now. Um, her yeah. guilt about that. Um, like, I think that's the biggest thing is that, like, you know, like, and, like, Lizzie herself, like, you can say, like, oh, she's, you know, too harsh on Darcy and she has too opinionated stuff in the beginning. I'm like, she's 20. <laughs> um, yeah, you're like, whoa, guys. That's <laughs> that's a lot to put on a 20-year-old, too. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, yeah, like, Mr. Bennett sending Lydia away to Brighton, like, not the smartest move and that he's like very hands-off with his kids and like that didn't super work um and this has been it well she gets a lot of flack for being super you know super tone deaf like um super outrageous like pushing her like throwing men at her daughters and stuff like that but also like i think mr bennett needs to be a little more worried about that to be honest because like like we said if none of them marry like they're poor fortune is gone yeah well and i I think that was one thing that I was also going to say, like, I think the most eye-opening thing is, like, for me, now listening to the book mm-hmm. is, like, like I get that the husband is, like, that cool dad. He's, like, hands off. He's, like, whatever. We don't have to play by society's rules. Yeah. But it is the mom who was just, like, uh, yes, we do, husband. Yeah. Again, yeah. If we don't marry any of our daughters. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not I'm not saying, like, one is better than the, better than the other. Yeah. I think they're really two opposite ends of the spectrum. But, yeah, it's, like, the dad who's... Thinking like, oh, women's politics, oh, and it's and the yeah, they're so like, silly. Husband, it's our politics, and if we don't, if if we don't play by these rules, like we do not have the cards yeah. to where it works out in our favor. So I just yeah, I I agree. Yeah, like I, mean, I don't like the mom, but I am just like I understand why she's doing this because she these like 
this is what you have to do. This is what she has to do for her family. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because, like, I don't, there's no evidence that he's thought through, like, what will happen after he dies. Because he jokes about it once. But I'm like, no, Mr. Bennett, what happens, like, when you die? Like, what will your, what happens to your daughters? Don't you, like, doesn't that concern you yeah. <laughs> at yeah. all? Yeah, I don't really have a ton of questions, but. Neither do I. I was, I was like, it's not really questions or any thoughts yeah. on it. I guess, like, um, it's a familiar story, but I, I, I think it's still, like, a really enjoyable one. Yeah. But I would love to just go straight into, like, intended takeaways and judgments. Okay. Yeah, my biggest question is, like, you had to read this in school. So, like, what was the angle? Mm-hmm. Was it more, as like, look, doing literary analysis of, like, as, um, you know, like, story devices and everything? Or was it, like what is the social context and let's put it into context of like politics or yeah, you know, what was the angle for you in school? I remember, I mean, we focused a lot, I think just cause you know, like the, um, the, the style of the text is old, you know? Um, yeah. So there was definitely a lot of hurdles to overcome with just understanding what was happening in the scenes. Yeah. One um, sentence, like it's, it reminded me of the Scarlet letter where like one sentence just <laughs> takes forever to say, cause they keep using like long winded, explanations for everything and i'm like we're talking about a bookcase yeah (laughs) pretty much um yeah so like we did i think as we read she kind of the teacher broke down like scene by scene or be by like the the important scenes like what was happening like who was saying what you know like um what's really going on here because i was i was like english was not my strong suit like i didn't yeah i don't know i feel like i'm writing my like arguments in this podcast are stronger than any essay i've ever had and uh yeah so they can my teachers can go read this and uh stuff and you know hey teachers listen yeah, to this. hey high school and teachers listen to this. i think like my takeaways are that there is this is just like much more political than yeah than what you would think mm-hmm I think you get that even when you watch the movies because it is, and like, it's like that great speech that Florence Pugh does in Little Women, but it is just like mm. a woman's place in society and how it is. Like a wedding inherently... or a marriage is an economic decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this book is just a long elaboration of that. Yes, for sure. And I do think it's very interesting. And overall, like, I don't know why, but I, I like this story. And I remember like back when... Bridgerton was like mm-hmm. the first season of Bridgerton came out um and I like watched it and I was surprised about how engrossed I've become in it mm-hmm. but I think it is like there's something that's very it's like hard not to get caught up in it when this town is so small and everyone's business is everyone's business mm-hmm. and then the romantic part of me is like oh because the town is so small and like all these events happen that push people together because mm-hmm. like for me if I see someone at the grocery store and they're cute. I'll probably never see them again because, like, yeah. even in a small town in Missouri, like, you're just you just don't see the same people mm-hmm. all the time. But like, this is such a small town where you know everyone and everyone's business. And I think for me, it would be hard not to get caught up in like the gossip. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely agree with what you said about it being really political. Because what stood out to me, I think, more this time was a conversation early on in the book between Charlotte and Lizzie, where they're discussing um, Jane and Bingley's like really early. Um, flirtation because mm-hmm. um, they're discussing basically like how Jane is playing it because Charlotte's like, yeah, like Jane's really being nice. And she's like, you know, she's, we can tell she's flirting, but like, I don't think Bingley can tell that, you know, she's very partial to him. And Lizzie's kind of like, well, like 
that's just how Jane is, you know? Um, but I think Charlotte's coming at it more saying, like, well, if, like, this is something Jane wants, she needs to be more active in it and secure it earlier on. Because if, like, you recall later on what Charlotte shows is that she's very practically minded with, like, the marriage deal. Um, she's like, I'm not romantic. Like, I don't hope for, like, mm-hmm. a really good match. She's like, I hope for a passable one that will give me security. or Because that's what, like, that's what we have in life. Like, that's how we have to play the game, kind of like Mrs. Bennett. Even though they're super different people. Like, they both understand this, that, like, we have to go for marriage. And it makes me wonder, like, with Lizzie, like, well, again, like... <laughs> Um, between, like, her and Mr. Bennett, I'm like, aren't you guys worried a bit more about this marriage stuff? Like, don't you want to, like, don't you think you should be more active in that, you know? <laughs> or care about your prospects? I don't know, yeah. It's also, it's remarked a couple times that Jane and Lizzie are, like, very pretty, and I think, like, they, I don't know how they express it, but I, you get the sense that Charlotte Lucas is not. <laughs> I don't know yeah. who says it or how you come about that. But, like, oh, it's, I mean, the mom says it all the yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> It's just a shame she's so ugly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, people also, when they like get into um, how people look, they get real specific because Caroline, when she's talking about Lizzie, she's like, I don't like the shape of her brow. Her skin is too tan. Um, like her eyes just like blah, blah, blah. Like they get very specific about features. And I'm like, y'all go, whoa. <laughs> you, you're like, whoa, 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 stop giving your listeners body dysmorphia oh my right now. <laughs> also, um, Caroline Bingley is such a, in, like a weird character. I would say she's like not very fleshed out because like, yeah, from early on, we know she's really after Darcy and she wants to agree with him. So like everything he says, she agrees with. Um, she just tries to get his attention. She's a pick me girl. She tries to get his attention. Mm. She tries to like read yeah. with him, but like won't stop talking while she does it. Um, but like, and she's always like pitting women, yeah, against her to make herself look better, which is like that's why pick me girls are bad yes. because they like they uh, what's they it try to advance themselves at the at the um dis- cost of at the <laughs> to the to the detriment of other women. Yeah, yeah. She, I just don't understand. I do and don't understand her behavior in the sense that like you do and don't understand the pick me girl behavior because. Like, when Darcy says, like, oh, I liked Liz- Lizzie's eyes. Like, Caroline just makes fun of him for that, like, constantly after that. She brings it up all the time. And I'm like, Ugh. this is coming from a place of insecurity. Um, but it's yeah. really not helping you. <laughs> and, yeah, like, it's noted later on at Pemberley, which is, like, once Lizzie has started kind of returning Darcy's feelings, that Caroline is calling her ugly. Um, and she's, like, needling Darcy. And he's finally says, like, she's the most handsome woman I've ever seen. Um... And it calls out, calls her out in the text that like Caroline had succeeded in making Darcy say what brought nobody pain but herself. Again, like girl, what are you doing? Laura, what would you rate this out of ten? I would rate this an eight out of ten. Again, like I love this story. It's stunning from beginning to end. I think that even though there's so many plot points that they, um, like they do all really contribute if not necessarily to the direct, the main plot, but like just to the overall theme of the book. Like I think it all works cohesively well together. Um, and that like, there's a reason why they make mini series out of this, right? Cause like, there's a lot to cover. Um, but also like, you know, it is like the very privileged, like upper class. Um, they mentioned the servants, but like they're really invisible. I don't know. I think like, so what they're trying to avoid is poverty, right? I think that that could be explored a bit more. <laughs> I just kind of, like, each time kind of didn't understand, like, what exactly they're so afraid of. Feeding into the um, poor versus rich 
rather than mm-hmm. uh, dismantling it. You know what I mean? That whole um, yeah, 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 eat the rich and stuff like that. That could be addressed or whatever, but uh, it's just a missed opportunity. Maybe a nine. I and I was gonna say I think probably also an eight. I guess it it like this story isn't about. It's not about like Lizzie Bennet fighting. <laughs> Yeah, it's just dismantling fighting the, against the landed yeah. class, the whole landed gentry class. <laughs> yeah, so I like in that sense, I guess it's like I don't, I don't really expect it to do that. Nor yeah. would I like. I think that would just be less. The books might be like sixty <laughs> chapters yeah. long if they were like. And also, she's on a quest to yeah, eat the rich and blah blah. blah. I'd be like, okay, so it's a hundred and twenty chapters long mm. now. Okay. Oh, it. so this is but, a chosen one book. I think uh, I would, but yeah, like I mean, that is like you know off off the rails but like i would i would restrict it to like the point that um yeah like i don't quite understand what they're so afraid of i think also just it's it's a very admirable uh heroine that we're following you know like lizzie herself like we really like her and like Mm -hmm. just she she does have fifty girl vibes but like she errs you know she makes mistakes and stuff and Mm -hmm. learns to see things differently and matures a lot by the end you know not just with darcy but with lydia and with charlotte and stuff like that like she learns to see things differently and finds love in the end and I you know it's just a it's a a bit of a hero's journey okay so now we're in the book talk kind of section of the podcast so Laura what would you recommend listeners read based on Pride and Prejudice I've definitely mentioned this book before and I think when I mentioned it it was around the same time that I was watching Bridgerton and it is Indigo by Beverly Jenkins which I think uh, our podcast guest Maya also talked about Beverly Jenkins yeah but Indigo is the story about um I'm not gonna get this right but basically a man and a woman fall in love but they're black and it's in the context of like black history Mm -hmm. and it does recognize like slavery and also maybe not directly, but, like, critical race theory and just, like, how their social standing affects the choices that they make and affects the choices they can make in society. So I really, really enjoyed that. And it also, like, celebrates black love, which I think is very, Mm. very beautiful. Yes. I'm trying to think of a book that has that, like, enemies to lovers. What comes to mind is The City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty because that... So that's a trilogy, and, like, the romance does take the whole trilogy to really come to pass but it is about at least in the first book burn it is um in the first book at least it is the two characters who are in the love plot like coming to an understanding um even with very different backgrounds and very like uh they disagree on a lot of things so that's what i would recommend um what are you currently reading um currently i'm reading a book that you recommended uh the library at mount char by scott hawkins i'm only like uh, well, I'm listening to it. So I'm 4% in out of 100. It's a 17-hour-long listen. Um, but so far, I really like it. It's like a blend of sci-fi yeah. and fantasy, which I don't listen to very often. Whoa. Um, but I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Okay, cool. Um, and then I think the last time we talked, I was listening to This Is How It Always Is by Laurie Frankel. Um, and I finished it, but sure. I mean, that's it. Cause y'all know it's uh 2023 and I'm taking a break from reading. Yeah. But what about you, Laura? Currently, um, I'm reading Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. I thought, oh, I gotta oh. keep it going. Yeah. Cause I've read, um, in terms of Austen, I've read Persuasion and Emma as well. Um, and they, Pride and Prejudice is definitely still my favorite. And then Persuasion was probably the next and most enjoyable. Emma is just painful. 
the whole way through. Uh. Um, in the sense of secondhand embarrassment. Um, Mansfield Park, I would say, is definitely ranking the lowest so far. Um, currently also reading Encyclopedia of an Ordinary Life by Amy Krauss Rosenthal. Mm-hmm. I'm also reading Wings of Renewal, a solar punk dragon anthology by various authors. That is one that I put on my want to read list like many, many years ago, like six or seven years ago. And I just realized it's on Hoopla. So that's really exciting. But I'm taking oh. it slowly because, you know, with like anthologies, you know, like you got to you can't just crank through that necessarily. Yeah, no, it's a it's a marathon, not yes. a sprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll also just mention what I have read since last time because it's only been one book besides Frindle, um, <laughs> and Pride and Prejudice is Night of the Living Res by Morgan Talty, and I really like that mm. one actually. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our podcast. If you like what you heard. You can always reach out to us and let us know or give us feedback or send us your praises or something via our email or our Twitter. Yes. Uh, our email is, go ahead, Laura, spell it out. Thanks. It's readingnotreading at gmail.com, spelled R-E-A-D-I-N-G-N-O-T-R-E-A-D-I-N-G at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at readnotreadpod because... Uh, it, it's too long. The other, the other one was too, too long. So that is at sign R E A D N O T R E A D P O D. Tweet. Lovely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to go shopping for books, you can also support us by using our affiliate link at bookshop.org. Um, Bookshop is a website where all of your purchase you make will support independent bookstores. And using our affiliate link, you also give us, us commissions. So you support us at the same time. So it's pretty nifty. I've used it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, You can also check out uh, our bonus episodes. So we started doing these last season and we're kind of still trying to find our footing. But um, this year, this season, our bonus episodes will be uh, us watching the movies of the books that we read, like adaptations, yes. and then kind of comparing them and just hearing our thoughts. So it's just us, but in a different medium. Yeah. Um, and all of these things, our contact info, our bookshop, and our bonus episodes can be found on our website, which is in the episode notes. And so that is all I have to say. That's all but, I have to say, too. Yeah. So we're just, we're all spoken out. Yep. And- it's the truth universally acknowledged that I'm done. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we hope that you enjoyed everything and that you will join us for our next episode where we will be reading The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Yeah. We just read him. We read uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah. Yes. So we're going back to the wild. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this time it's a play. (laughs) (laughs) So join us next month, the month of March or whatever, or whenever you listen to it. (laughs) Yeah. Bye.